Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. All right, welcome to the 19th T podcast. First and foremost, uh, the audio is probably not going to be as good as what we were hoping. A few mic issues uh, on my end tonight, unfortunately. Still trying to work it out. Don't know what is going on, but we wanted to get the episode with Matias Sanchez out to you all. That'll be coming your way very shortly. But first and foremost, it'd be remiss to not mention uh, Minji Lee, uh, who won the Kroger Queen City Championship on the second playoff hole, beating uh, Charlie Hull with a birdie. She did lose a five-shot lead on the back nine, but she recovered at the right time um, to uh, to come out on top of Charlie Hull, uh, who's a very fine player in her own right. Um, it's her first win this year. Um, uh, she finished with a one under 71, but uh, yeah, I didn't think that it was her first win this year, but uh, here we are. She uh, recovered after stumbling on that back nine. So great news for Min G Lee. The other piece of news that we wanted to uh, pass on was that the Aussies are locked in for uh, a shot at reaching the Masters in the Open via the 2023 Asia-Pacific Amateur Championship, the uh, the APAC. Uh, that's at Royal Melbourne next uh, next uh, year. My Sorry. That is at Royal Melbourne next month. My apologies to earn a spot in the Masters and the Open next year. So there are 10 invitees. Uh, we've got Jeffrey Guan, who's a, just an incredible player in his own right. Jack Buchanan from South Australia. Our good friend Lucas Michelle, Connor Fuchs from over here in WA. Quinton Croker from Queensland. Max Charles, Harry Bolton, Jai Picken, Jasper Stubbs and Harry Takis. They will be competing uh, in the APAC uh, in the APAC tournament for a spot in uh, the Masters and the Open Championship next year. As I mentioned at the top, this episode is with Matias Sanchez, who was a wonderful chat, uh, a fine young player and a fine young man who's doing great things. Uh, of course, you know him recently won first stage of Q School, uh, DP World Tour Q School here uh, in Australia. He'll be heading over to Spain very shortly for stage two and three. He's also heading off to uh, Asian Tour Q School uh, in amongst playing on the Aussie tour. So without any further ado, let's get stuck into our chat with Matias Sanchez. As I mentioned at the top, very excited to have Matias Sanchez on the line, joining us uh, from the other side of the screen, mate. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, to join us with your, your fairy friend next to us as well, mate. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be here. It should be a, should be a good chat. Mate, how's things? It's been obviously a busy... I guess, a hand, handful of months anyway, obviously, you know, Q School, your name was certainly up in lights around that here first stage a couple of weeks back. And, and of course, you know, the back end of last year as well, it, it, the golf mm. season, it, it doesn't seem to be an off season anymore. It seems to be a 365 day, 12 month grind, doesn't it? Yeah, basically. Um, obviously, last season finished around that April time. And then I took a little bit of time off. Um, but then again, the, you got the events popping up in the middle of a middle of our winter, and um, 
the pro-ams in Queensland are always pretty good. So you want to keep your game sharp. And, um, yeah, I took I took a couple of weeks off and then got right back into it. Um, yeah, trying to get ready uh, for this upcoming season. And fairly and played fairly well uh, in the pro-ams up in Queensland as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was away for about five weeks, um, went up to Thailand, played a couple of events up there and um, went from straight from there to, to Rockhampton, which was a bit of a grind of a flight. Um, <laughs> flew down to Gold Coast and then drove up about eight hours. So um, got over that. And then, yeah, like you said, I ended up getting a win up in, up in Rockhampton, which was awesome. And um, got really sick right after that. Got, I think, some sort of gastro bug and Oof. lost about five kilos in, in two days. So for a small bloke like myself, it's probably not the best thing. Um, but yeah, kept them playing up there, which was good. And um, yeah, then came back home and just uh, worked in the game and then got into it uh, with the last couple of events at NT and uh, Q School. I mean, maybe we'll we'll start with Q School. Obviously, it's, it's the one that's kind of, uh, you know, everyone's sort of talking about in the last couple of weeks, particularly around yourself it was it wasn't uh i guess easy in the end mm. um there mm. were a few little hiccups on that back nine which i'm sure we could get into but I, I guess you know for you to come through that you know relatively unscathed and and then end up walking away and you've got the the dp world tour flag and you're taking the photo in front of the the dp world tour sign and you're, you're advancing on i mean it must be a nice feeling to to be, um, you know, advancing through to what is such a competitive part of, you know, the, the world's second biggest tour. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a crack last year and didn't fare too good. So I missed that by a couple of shots and um, didn't think I did too many things wrong. Um, so it's no easy, no easy feat and getting, trying to get through. Um, much can be the same this year. I, I, I played uh, fairly decent. Um, especially putting and scrambling, I thought I did that pretty well for most of the week. I didn't have the best ball striking week, but I still thought it was you know decent enough. And um, yeah, found myself um, I think five or six in front with nine holes to go. And, mm. Um, yeah, thought it was I was just having lots of fun on that front nine. I mean, I was holding putts from thirty, forty feet, which is. <laughs> Which is unheard of, and then um, yeah, that back nine was was something else. Had a little three putt on on ten, and um, yep. thought it was fine. Didn't really think much of it, and then on the twelfth hole, hit a drive on the edge of the uh, edge of the fairway, and ball hit a was heading towards a pine tree, and it hit the pine tree, and it just never came out. Got stuck up that tree, so took seven on that hole, and it got very real from then onwards. Um, the stress and anxiety of it all, thinking you're going to, you can blow this thing. Um, yeah, it came and became very real, very quick. Yeah. So, and then I made a bogey two holes later, hit, hit it way right in the trees and had to chip sideways again and made a bogey. And then at that point, I'd, you know, your mind's just r- like racing. It's going a million miles an hour. And I thought I was maybe one in front or maybe tied. And I knew that 
everyone behind second was it was really tight. So I thought, like, if I put another bad swing here, like, I could be done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I knuckled down and made a great birdie on sixteen, and I thought this was this was probably the massive pivotal point because I've hit I've hit it on the edge of the bunker uh, for two green side and I thought it was going to be fine in the bunker and it's not not a, not the toughest bunker shot but it was on the tongue and it was sitting in the rough and it had sand underneath the ball and I thought fuck like this isn't good because I've had to I've kind of got to hit it over the bunker but then it's sort of downhill towards the hole so I've got to hit it perfectly that I don't flub it that it goes just two meters in front of me into mm. the bunker because of the sand and I don't want to guts it over the back Mm. And um, my good mate Andre, who was I think coming second at the time, he finished second. He had like a twenty footer straight up the hill for eagle. And I thought, like, if he holds it, he's definitely in front. Um, and if I, you know, make a bogey or a par, like it's not looking good. Somehow hit a great chip shot to about twelve foot and and rolled it in, and he made birdie as well. So he missed his eagle putt. So that gave me a big uh, boost in confidence down the last two holes. Uh, where I think I might have had a one or two shot lead. Yeah. Turned out I had a two shot lead because um, I don't really don't like that seventy t shot. And yeah, so happy to par the last two and walk away with the win. And very excited to to be going to Spain in about a month and a half time. Is there something you know going back to back to twelve? There obviously things you know. I'm sure you get down down to where that tree is and and off the tee. You're probably you're not thinking that it's getting stuck up a tree, right? Like you're you're thinking it's going in the shit, and I'll I'll deal with it when it gets down there. Then I imagine you get down there, and it's like, geez, this is this is not good. This is unlucky. You walk away with seven. Is there something that you kind of say to yourself, or, or how do you reset from that point onwards? Because in your mind, as you said, like you've just blown this whole lead, right? And, and yeah. you're leading by five coming down the stretch, you should be able to enjoy these last nine holes and all of a sudden it's game on again. Like, is it, how do you kind of just break that and go, right, let's refocus and 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 get back into the swing of things? I mean, it's it's pretty cliche. You just got to lock into your next target and try and hit the best shot at hand. And I tried to do that, but it's one thing trying to do it and the other thing executing it. So <laughs> um, I just kept on telling myself, just try and hit the next target. Um it's all, it's all you can do. And I, I missed the next shot, the past three hit in the bunker, and then the following hole, I missed it in the trees. And um, But there's no other way in, in really going about it. You can't. Mm. Like, you're not going to give up, are you? So no. you're just going to hit your next target and calm yourself down, trying to calm the breathing down. Heart rate's probably – it's going a bit quicker than what you want to. So just take a few deep breaths and – Focus on something that takes away from the negativity is probably the big one. That my mm. coach was in the bag, and he just kind of kept on saying that. Just, just change, just shift your attention to something you know positive, like, or something that you can do to help what you're doing. And mm. that was breathing deep, deep breaths for me. So, um, yeah, I guess probably coming into new school as well, things things were looking good. I mean, you just come off a T3 at the NTPGA as well and and the game seemed like it was in good shape. Did you go in relatively confident? Like Q School, 
from everyone that we've spoken to over the years, like it, it just seems like it's so different to a normal tournament. And I don't know if that's yeah. if that's accurate or not, because like I like I guess tournaments maybe come and go and maybe that's the difference. I don't really know, but but Q School always just seems to have this like different hold because it's just like it's it's once a year and that's it like is that fair maybe i don't know yeah no that's definitely fair it, it always feels do or die like it isn't but it's what it sometimes feels like <laughs> um it's it's bloody cutthroat it's just i try to treat it like another tournament but you know in the back of the back in your mind you, you think oh well you know this is this is a big opportunity here yeah and, yeah uh, this is what you want to do and all these thoughts come in and um. Yeah, I was definitely more nervous at Q School than I was at in Darwin. Hundred yeah. percent. Um. Yeah. Uh. I. I mean. Yeah. Like, there's not much else to say. Like, you, you just go in the week and try and play normal golf, but especially sometimes when you think you you almost put your expectation that you should get through when and. You kind of when it starts slipping away, you think, "Oh, like you want to that control back." Mm. Um, so yeah, it's tough, um, and I mean, it's going to be like that um, for the next few years playing Q schools and and all that. Like I'm, I'm playing Asian Q school at the end of this month, so I'm sure I will have the same feelings. Um, it's great feelings to have because it knows, like it, you, it means something. So yeah, and it'll be great practice for Spain. So um, yeah. So what does that schedule look like? Obviously, you've mentioned Spain there. That's the next, that's the next uh, I guess, hurdle in the DP World Tour side of things. But you've mentioned Asian yeah. Q School there. The um the, the the Aussie tour comes over here to to WA in the next handful of weeks anyway. So mm. it, there's there's a lot on the radar for for you guys. Well, I mean, particularly for you guys who have thrown thrown your hand up and got through to the next stage of uh, of uh, DP World Tour Q School anyway. So what's the what's the schedule kind of shaping out like? Yeah, so it's pretty jam-packed from October onwards. So I've got my Asian tour school at the end of this month, and end of September, and like you said, the two in WA. Um, then Adelaide shortly after that, and mm. I've got a few days off uh, before I go to Spain after Adelaide. So I'll come home for a couple of days after Adelaide, go to Spain, stage two and stage three. Um, fly back, and then I've got the big ones in Oz PGA and and Oz Open, which I'm very much looking forward to. So, yeah. And I guess like uh, you're obviously gonna rack up rack up the frequent fly fly miles first and foremost. Right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's I mean that's always a positive. This is a good yeah. This is a good story. I was because I'm frequent fly with Qantas and okay. um, what level? Uh, yeah. So this is good. So I'm still at the moment and. <laughs> I was working it out maybe I've been working it out for the for the whole year. So my year ends at the thirty first of October. Oof. And I was working it out in July. All my flights, so I counted Perth, counted Adelaide, because they're all before October, that thirty first. Yeah. And then I was like, shit, to get the gold, I've got to go to Spain. I've got to get three Q school. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> So I was like, oh shit, like like I have to play well because I spent a few extra dollars throughout the year to get like your your flexi yeah. flights or yeah a few more status credits status, yeah status credits exactly right so <laughs> and I thought shit like if I don't get through Spain uh, through Rosebud to Spain like it's all gonna be pointless 
<laughs> um, so when I got through, I, I nudged um, Andre and I was like, I'm going, going gold now, mate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You get a little, what do you get? What do you get for gold? You get the, the, the lounge access and priority boarding and all that sort of gear, you know? Yeah, yeah. Lounge yeah. access, uh, free extra bag, which is massive. Yes. Yeah, um, that is true. Who's, yeah, who's the biggest lounge boarding. fee? Themed in the in on tour, who's who's the one that's just you know they cannot sit out in cannot sit out amongst the peasants? Who's the one? That's... Probably uh, Cameron John. Is that Probably right? Cameron, uh, yeah, yeah. He's um he's had contest club for, for such a long time. Um, <laughs> so every time I'm traveling with him, he's just it's great because he just he um, got his um it, um special guest thing. Yeah, whatever it plus is. one. Yeah. Um, and go with him. But there you go. Yeah, he loves it. So now people are gonna be scabbing off me. Yeah, exactly right. Well, you can repay the favour to them. Maybe a few people along the way. No, that's good. Um, so obviously, jam pack schedule coming up. It's it, it, there's there's lots on the horizon golf wise. I mean, it, it seems like a bit of a redundant question to ask, but how is the game feeling? I mean, what what what, what are you kind of working on? Maybe I mean, you said the other that your ball striking maybe wasn't great at uh, mm. during the Q school piece. What are you what are you kind of working on? What's feeling good? How are you assessing where the game's at? Uh yeah, game's not too bad at the moment. Um, yeah, like you said, I think my ball striking isn't amazing at the moment, but so that's definitely something to be working on. My just keep working on my swing and um, just keep on top of that. My putting's fairly good. Um, short game's okay. Um, but yeah, I, my um yeah my scrambling I guess is probably at the moment the best part of my game. Like my bunker games. Um pretty good usually so um yeah i'll just be working on my ball striking majority of the time leading up to to these events all right now it was you've had obviously there's practice there's there's lots of stuff that you can do to get yourself ready for for games and 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 q schools but maybe playing ron chopper might not have been on the agenda (laughs) I don't know if it was on the agenda and you thought this is going to be good preparation, but uh, you, you took on the great man nonetheless. We had, him, we had him on the show recently and and obviously being a fellow West Australian, we've uh, yeah. had the pleasure of spending a bit of time with him at the events uh, over here in, in, in WA in Matthew Heath, as those people would, would know who <laughs> who the, uh, his, maybe his less famous alter ego actually is. Tell us about playing Ron Chopper. Um I think you dusted him from memory. Um, I think it went yeah. down to the last hole as well, maybe. I think it might have got a little bit too close there, mate, <laughs> for, from, uh, for maybe for your liking anyway. So tell us the experience of playing Ron. Yeah, it was great fun. Um, he was over here in Melbourne for about a week and a half. So yeah, took him down here at my, my home club in um, Sandhurst and we played nine holes on the north course. I started pretty hot with a with a birdie, and I was quickly up in the match. And I remember he held an absolute bomb at one stage for birdie to win the hole. I think it was the fifth or the sixth. Mm. Um, and I had a few chances slip by. Um, I think I ended up winning. Maybe I think it was two and one in the end. I think it was. And um, or three and it might have been three and one. And then he's like, "Oh, double or nothing." And then we go down nine, pegs it up and hits, and there's water all up the left side. R five and he picks it up and hits his high draw just straight in the piss. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, thanks, mate. That'll do. And he shakes my hand. <laughs> so, That's good. Um, I like he's that. An absolute, absolute pisser. So yeah, yeah he, he's really good. Um, great guy. I love so, it. Um, funny and um, 
yeah, like because my mates and I have um have started it doing a YouTube channel as well. Have you? Um, give it a yeah, plug. Tell so, us, tell us, give us a plug. Yeah, so it's called Sync S Y N K. All right, Sync Golf. Um, we're on YouTube, uh, Instagram, and TikTok at the moment. Um, so yeah, we 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 do. You could almost say similar stuff to Ron. So yeah, he was great to have on, and he get, kind of gave us a couple of tip or gave me a couple of tips for on how to work out the videos, and he gave us a shout out. So he was a he's a great guy, and um, we got a few subscribers after that. So I bet. So yeah, that, like our our page it's slowly growing. We're pretty new, so um, I was actually just filming with the guys today. So nice. really great fun. There's um there's five of us and. Yeah, we just have golf matches and post that on YouTube and uh, the TikToks usually a few trick shots in there. Um, nice. you know, the odd backward shot um, okay. pops up in there. So, yeah, <laughs> a bit of fun and um, hopefully take that a bit further. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, there you go. It's a good good plug. We'll put we'll uh, we'll put a link in in the uh, in the YouTube yeah, and, and in the uh, in the bios as well. Um, I, I guess probably that's that's modern day. But where where did golf begin mate where did it all start for you i mean take us through the history what's your what's your first memories of the game how did it all begin for uh for matias sanchez yeah so when i was yeah even smaller than i am at the moment started when i was about <laughs> you know i barely walk 12 18 months mum used to always say i'd be hitting just things around the house and annoying the shit out of us so parents got me a plastic set when i could barely walk and just took off from there um you know played all other sports recreationally tennis and soccer and um footy but i think golf was a was the main one that um Mm. that i loved and i was probably probably the best at so just stuck at it so yeah yeah a bit of natural talent there i imagine i mean it seems like a common theme across Mm. you know a lot of a lot of a lot of the guys and girls that we talk to is that, that they might play a lot of sports but golf they they show a bit of natural ability and it kind of yeah exactly. just builds and, and goes from there so i imagine after there you, you eventually end up joining a club or getting some lessons and getting a little bit better what's the what's the process and how does it all kind of yeah get to there yeah so i pretty much started at a like a little pitch and putt par three course and um from about four or five years old which is a great place to start because the holes are only 50 meters long and it's like i'm hitting full full seven irons into it when i'm four five years old so it was great and then um yeah, ended up getting my first handicap when I was seven. Um, it was, I think, 26 it was. And uh joined up at Woodlands Golf Club uh, on the Sandbelt in, in Melbourne when as a, like a, like a sub-junior, a cadet junior that yep. could play a couple days a week. And um, then the family moved out to where I am at the moment in Sandhurst when I was about nine. So I've been there ever since. And... Um, joined Royal Melbourne as well when I was about 15. So mm. so now I'm part of two clubs of Royal and um, and Santa. So, yeah. What's it like getting to play Royal Melbourne essentially whenever you want? Because that's um, something that most people won't get to experience. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing, to be honest. Um, I played the other day on the East Course at, on, um, at Royal and it was, yeah, spectacular. Like, greens are pure and fairways are pure and it was like, 20 degrees, no wind all day. So, yeah, it's a, it's a special place. There's obviously been massive tournaments there mm. throughout the throughout the years. And, 
Um, yeah, it's, it's only getting, getting better at the moment with the, with the new range and they've just installed track man on the range. So right. It's a bit of a, like what, what you see on the PJ Tour, like you, they have like these big track mans on the back of the range that's so not a single bay. So yeah. Um, Bit of bit of an overkill, some would say, but it's it's pretty cool. So. <laughs> it's, it's good for you. <laughs> Go down, yeah, yeah. dial the wedges, you know, whatever you need to need to do. Yeah, I went. Exactly though, I was fortunate right. to get there for the uh, twenty nineteen Presidents Cup, and it, it is yeah. a real, it is a really special place. And obviously, yeah, I, I think you know we walked away from that and and said like, as amazing as it was, seeing it in full tournament mode, I think it'd be really special to see it just on a day to day basis because mm. obviously it's all tricked up for a. For, for a tournament like that, there's massive activation zones and all that sort of stuff. And you kind of, you know, maybe lose a little bit of the, the, the touch of it when there is a big tournament on. But I think there'd be something mm. quite special about seeing it on a on a day-to-day basis. But um, from one incredible uh, course to another, now our main source of um, research is Instagram. So um, <laughs> we obviously went went through your Instagram, and and to be fair, you, yeah. you're not a you're not a prolific poster, mate. So <laughs> you, there wasn't a lot of dirt to to, to pull you up on here, um, but I did notice. Uh, you're at the the challenge, uh, the challenge cancer Robert Allenby Golf and Gala Day, wearing a Pine Valley members tie. Now, <laughs> I mean, wonderful cause that you're there for first and foremost. Let, just let me get that that out and uh, out in front of that. Can you explain the Pine Valley members tie to me? Yeah, I can. Uh, so I've never played Pine Valley <laughs> as much as I'd love to. Um, so back in the day, there used to be a tournament called the World Club golf championships mm-hmm. and it was they'd pick 24 um courses from the top 100 courses in the world mm. and they'd invite the club champion and runner up uh for like a big for a week of golf and they'd telecast it and uh, you'd play like it was two round stroke with your team with you with your partner and then the top four would play match play so Royal Melbourne got picked and I've and we went to South Korea and we went to Thailand. And in the in the practice round there might have been. Uh yeah, the practice round we played with the guys from Pine Valley. Right. So just kind of chewing their ear off about how good their golf course is, asking them all these questions. I bet. And then that night we had like a dinner ceremony sort of thing and, and the tradition for that tournament was you swap ties. Okay. Another golf club. Right. So I was wearing my last little sharp little suit, 18-year-old Matthias, and had my Royal Melbourne members tie, and I went up to the guys that played at Pine Valley, and I said, do you mind if we swap ties? And oh, yeah. He said, yeah. He said, yeah, of course. No worries. He's like, I'd love, he's like, I'd love to have a Royal Melbourne tie. And I was like, <laughs> I'd love to have a Pine Valley tie. And then he <laughs> gave it to me. He gave it to me, and he goes, look, he's like, no one – no member in the world has a Pine Valley members tie. And he really? gives it to me. Yeah. He's like, apart from you now. And wow. I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah. He's like, you're not allowed to, no members are, have, uh, so the non-members are not allowed to purchase a, yeah. a non-member non, uh, tie or anything that's that's member um, right. related. So that yeah, was yeah, a member yeah. tie. Um, so, yeah, I was like, gee, that's pretty cool. Who and, was um, he? Was he just, um? was he... Like he wasn't he, um, like an uber famous dude because like I think you know sometimes you, you look at like LA Country Club or, or Riviera or whatever you know they're like 
Justin Timberlake is a member and all this sort of shit. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, no, whatever, it's it money. Was... But he's probably just like some businessman who's. Yeah, basically. Know, yeah. He was a good player though. He played he, he played a lot of US senior stuff. He was an older guy. Yeah. And he was a, he played a lot of mid-amateur stuff as well. Oh, and he was right. real he was a good player. Might have been like a last name McCoy. So like a yeah, Mike okay. McCoy or a Lee McCoy, something like right. that. He's got a son who's pretty good too. There you go. Um and then the other guy, his name was I think it was Gene Gene Elliott. They were right. both good players. I know yeah. I, I feel like the American viewer would sort of know them yeah. who they are. But if there you go, go through maybe the results of being amateur events in the US, I think their name would pop up. But yeah, they yeah. were ripping guys. So you, you surely yeah. would have kept that contact for, you know, when you're over in <laughs> over near Pine Valley to just go, hey yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that contact's still still locked away somewhere there. But yeah, I'm sure if I do send off an email and and uh recognize me i'm sure i bet i bet mate well uh mate thank you for for joining us on the show it's been it's been great to have you on learn a little bit about your story and obviously mate you're doing wonderful things at the minute and and we wish you the very best for obviously you've got the asian q school coming up you've got events here in perth and and then of course probably the big one that that we're all looking forward to is uh is stage two and three over in europe mate so thanks for joining us wish you the very best of luck and uh yeah thanks for coming on again mate Yeah, appreciate it. Um, Thank you for having me.